Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Content Show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of content in just 60 minutes. So one of the biggest sources of tension between marketing and sales is the quality of leads that marketing sends over to sales. From the point of view of sales, those marketing qualified leads or MQLs are notoriously iffy because they're derived from people who download gated content or maybe sign up for newsletters and they're not necessarily actually in the market. And so when sales get these leads, they're often like, these are garbage. You know, you, you got you to gotta do better. And it stands to reason then I, that marketers could do with a better way of sourcing and evaluating leads before handing them over to sales. And my guest here today is to help us understand what that could look like. So Quincy Johnson is a senior consultant at Compound Growth Marketing, a demand generation consultancy. Quincy, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, I am so happy to be here. I'm glad we got to connect. Yeah, indeed. So now you have some experience in sales, right? So you're you're a marketer, but you've also been on the sales side. So just tell us really briefly about that kind of sales part of your background. Yeah, so I served some time. This was before kind of the whole when the inbound motion was kind of blowing up. I was an inside sales rep, probably considered today's SDR, et cetera, uh, qualifying qualifying leads, um, but then also processing orders and making sure the AEs had everything that they needed. So yeah, I started off at inside sales and then moved over to marketing um, once I discovered there was an opportunity. Mm, Right. And definitely an opportunity for people who've been on the sales side to come into marketing and, and, and at least help to kind of bridge some of the gaps that, that often exist between the two functions. So, and I know that at compound growth marketing, you've helped develop a kind of a scoring methodology for leads, right? Or I might call it like a, like an algorithm for generating better leads. So I'm so curious, like, how does that work? You know, what does this method look like? What factors into it? Yeah, so I think we've adopted a universal vision um, when it comes to scoring and lead scoring. And the main things that we look at, and especially uh, for determining kind of quality and like the propensity to close, like, and making that a little bit more predictable is kind of looking at um, activity plus intent uh, plus match to ICP. And so we take three, kind of the three pillars, essentially, and we score them based on their relative priorities. And then from there, we present a, essentially a rating or a sort of qualification metric that says, hey, these are hot leads, these are cold, like, don't reach out to these, um, et cetera. So Okay, so and where does this where does the information come from that you kind of feed into the formula to give a lead a score and determine if it's a hot lead or not? Like let's get into the nuts and bolts of that. How do you actually get that data? Yeah, so it's really funny because people for the most part, people will give you the information that you need on a form, right? Like, so if you put the field values on a form, people will often answer. Uh, for example, how did you hear about us on a form? Uh, I heard about you from a podcast or I heard about you from LinkedIn, et cetera. Like people will give you kind of that information. And so 
um, where you can't get people to raise their hand, um, we introduce um, data enrichment tools like Zoom Info, People Data Labs, all of those. And kind of, especially in the B2B space, we have to get firmographics to match to accurate job titles, right? Because anybody who's targeting on LinkedIn knows the job titles can be whatever they want to be. But then um, sort of normalizing those with enrichment platforms and nomenclatures in, internally. But uh, yeah. Okay. So the kind of leads, can you give me an example of like the kinds of leads that you're able to get and hand over to sales? Like what do they actually look like? Like what's a typical lead and, and, and how do you know that it's a good lead? Yeah. So for example, like, let's just take a B2B SaaS company, right? Um, and we know that um, maybe our persona um, is the use cases for like a senior marketer, right? Um, or uh, even better, uh, more recently, we've been looking at like CISOs and all of those uh, type people. And so we know that a lot of times, so first of all, CISOs aren't the ones filling out forms, right? Like, so if we target CISOs, it's going to be really expensive on on whatever platform that we're targeting. Um, but what we would look at is any of those um, job titles and seniorities that can influence a buying decision. We would rank them as a little bit higher because they can influence a decision. Um, and so we would take the job title plus for this security sort of solution. Um, what are they searching for at the website? Are they looking at a pricing page? Are they looking at demo? Are they looking at top of funnel content, whether it's like how to do this, or are they looking at more comparison type data? And we would score those pages and say, hey, so we have this job title we've known because they're cookied. And we got them looking around on the site and we see that they're looking at the pricing page. We see that they are um, downloading content and they're within our ICP and they're showing high intent signals to where it's either middle to bottom of funnel. Um, they're either looking at demos, consuming videos, et cetera, doing a lot of self-serve stuff. And then we would hand that over to sales based on all the activity, based on their profile and their likelihood to kind of influence that CISO, that decision maker and say, hey, here's a hot lead. Like you should follow up on this person. They're doing a lot of research and here's their persona and they're an influencer to the CISO. So shape that conversation based off of all the information that we're able to collect. Uh, and we would, again, assign them a score. Um, and if we're doing an account based motion, we would say, hey, so many contacts at this account, like this is one of the contacts in the in the the purchasing committee. So now the account's hot, you should reach out and start to contact people within this account. And so how well has this worked in practice? Uh, like of the percentage of leads that you send over to sales, how how good are they? What is what are you hearing from sales in terms of the quality? Yeah, um so on one client in particular um that we heard a significant amount. So up front how we know it's working and the things, the indicators that we're seeing is like way higher conversion rates uh, up front on platform. Like, so if we're looking at like LinkedIn, for example, I think the standard is like uh 15% conversion, like anything below that, like, you know, that like you need to tweak the messaging where we're seeing like 70, 80% conversion rates. We're like, Oh snap. So the messaging is landing, right? Like, so people, the right people, uh, right message, right time based on the pain point. And then we get them back to, to sales and it's like, oh, 
well, this was this was actually a legit lead. Like they like the job titles were on point. Like they understood they were aware of us, first of all. So we did our job in getting awareness out about the product. They knew who we were and it wasn't like a complete cold call. And they were able to have we we're able to have better conversations because they already knew, hey, they've already looked at the pricing thing. So I'm not going to pitch them on pricing. I'm just going to look at the specific pain points um, that they were looking at. And so it was an easier conversation to have. Okay, well, that sounds like good news. Uh, <laughs> in, in developing this methodology, what, how much of a voice did, did sales have in helping you, you know, put together what's going to generate these kind of leads? Yeah, I think in every like sort of client that we take on, I think sales is the most important thing. Like we always, even if it's SEO, even if it's like paid media, RevOps, like we are always talking to sales, trying to understand their process. First of all, from a RevOps standpoint, like how can we uh, make the process easier? But then second of all, when we're doing these demand programs, like we need to know what's the quality? Like, what are the levers that we need to pull? You talk to this person, say we got you 20 leads this week. Like, what were those leads? Like, what were the conversations that you have? Is there any way? And like, we start to think about ways that we could tweak the messaging because maybe you had a conversation, it was the right person, but maybe they brought out a pain point that we're not even addressing in that campaign for the top of funnel. So we need to go back and revamp the ads where it's like, oh, all right, cool. Now we know what lever we need to pull to do this, et cetera. Um, and maybe even job title. If they're talking to a lead and, and it's like, oh, I'm not the person to make that decision. That's typically our ex, right? Oh, snap. We need to pull that trigger and be like, oh, that job title. We didn't have that in our in our targeting. Let's put that in the in the targeting mix. So it sounds like in some basic way, you're just following up with sales pretty consistently and just asking some pretty simple questions which give you some really valuable information. Am oh, I correct? Uh, 1000%. And for all the marketers out there, sales should be like one of your biggest clients. Uh, and you should be thinking about like internally building a practice to where you treat sales like they're a client to where you're doing this, this discovery with them and you're doing the follow-up and saying, hey, how can we get better from a marketing perspective? Uh, but yeah. So, I mean, have you guys like solved this problem? you know, solve the problem of like the MQLs and the, the garbage leads. Like I, it, it kind of sounds in a way like you have. I wouldn't say solved. I think that's an evolving, it's a sliding, what is it? A moving goalpost, right? Like, because I think that, I think there's always challenges and I think things change, but I think that one of the things that we've been able to do um, and our CEO uh, loves kind of this, this, uh, depiction of it is it's kind of like we look at it from like a data triangulation point, right? To where if we can get our, again, our three pillars, like somewhere over the mark, we can kind of triangulate and begin to predict um, the demand and know when we're close um, when conversion rates and things like that start to shift. Hmm. So, you know, I we, we've done a few episodes on the podcast about sales and marketing alignment and so on. And it it a lot of those discussions sort of often come down to like well there just needs to be better communication you know and we'll talk about why isn't there better communication and there's all kinds of reasons in fact i did an interview just earlier today and we kind of focused on the different incentive structures for mm. marketers and for sales and that that and that they're often so different that they can lead to miscommunication how have you guys kind of gotten or overcome these, what seem like kind of typical barriers 
to communication? Like, how do you make it work so that you have a consistent flow of information back and forth between marketing and sales? Enlisting a sales champion, right? Like, so we want somebody who's an SDR. I like to profile this person as highly ambitious, uh, who like wants to 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 have a voice um, and shape kind of the organization. And so that's how I separate them from the herd. I'm like, oh, give me the ambitious person, like the one who's like really high energy, right? But I think just overall, like having the champion to be able to pilot things, have involvement in the conversation in some of the marketing decisions that we're doing, and then be able to take those to the sales team and say, hey, like I'm closing deals. Like, I don't know what you guys are doing. You're either going to get on the ship or like not, or like hop off. But then we also, a level above that, we look to get executive sponsorship from the sales team and say, hey, we're going to pull this person away. They're going to be more involved in the marketing process and like helping us build the strategy. And like, here's why. And we get the the sign off the executive sponsorship for them to like allow that person to be part of the the kind of test program. So a champion in sales, does it, do you need a champion in marketing as well? Well, I think the whole marketing team is the champion. Like we're, we are like, if you're not, if you're a marketer and you don't have a number, you don't uh, have a revenue target to your department that you're all working towards. I think that's a big disservice. So I think the marketing team needs to have a number and own it um, and understand, yes, everybody in the marketing department is the champion of this thing. And then like we all strategically work with the salesperson. So I was I was asking about like the concept of RevOps and kind of having like that is this, this way that both like sales and marketing kind of answer into you know, some like rep, rev ops function that, and maybe to some extent, like sales kind of already does, but like that that could kind of transform marketing in an interesting way, more along the lines of it sounds like what you guys are already doing. Like, does that, am I on the right track there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that again, owning that number and making, and I've seen this a few times where like some of the clients we have, they do have their SDRs who are actually doing a marketing function. They're mm. pre-qualification. They're like, once we get an MQL, before it even makes it over to the AE side, they're the ones who are reaching out. And I think that's really smart um, because the if you can have this, this person who has sales prowess, um, the marketing people understand the messaging. Often you have a products marketer who understands the product. They're able to like qualify the need and ask the right questions and ask really smart questions because they know the content that's been out there before they pass it to even the AE. So I think that's really smart. And I think that's the, that's the wave um, that everything is going on. Yep. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, Quincy, this has been very enlightening. It's such an interesting topic. I know our listeners might have some questions, might want to connect with you. What's the best way for them to do that? I am always on LinkedIn. So like if you're on LinkedIn, um, Quincy Johnson, yeah, that's typically the best way. Uh, or you can shoot me an email. I always answer. Uh, unless you're trying to sell me something or get me to download an <laughs> ebook, then I won't answer. Then please don't. <laughs> then please don't reach out. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll put that, we'll put uh, links to your stuff uh, in the show notes. And, um, you know, we're recording this the week of Thanksgiving, just a few days away. So I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. And I'm already pre-wearing my stretchy pants, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're all prepared. Well, Quincy, thanks a lot for a great discussion. <laughs> Thank you. 
that'll do it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. And as long as you're there, you might as well give us five stars and leave a comment about how much you love the show. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa. We are a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of really kick-ass content in just 60 minutes. Just 60 minutes. How is that possible? Well, check out our website to find out. That's Conversa with two N's, C-O-N-N-Versa.com. So thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate your support, and we'll see you next time.